Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 52 of the PDH Pod, the one and only Magic the Gathering podcast dedicated to the total exploration of the Pauper Commander format. I am your host, Brad Drack V, and let's see what my co-hosts from the East Coast are up to. First, Dave the Alcadron Vader, happy podcast day. How's it going? Uh, things are going great. I uh, feel really good and enthusiastic and positive about how long I have been podcasting. <laughs> Those are all great feelings to have. Yeah. You've been doing it very well. Nearly professionally, I would say. I'm, I, I'm not a professional human. No, but I, that, that's hard to achieve. Yeah, it's, I mean, I try. But uh, that's all we can ask. I feel like I feel like I'm moving in that direction with my podcasting habits. Do not fear going slow; only fear standing still. Wise advice. Next up, our resident PDH PhD, Liam. Happy podcast day to you. How's how's things going? Things are going great. My you know my my school finally over. Uh, the the school I was working at finally over. It's mm -hmm. time to sleep in no alarms all that jazz uh, <laughs> that's such a good feeling it's, it's going great glad to be alive yes awesome 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 well we got kind of a fun show planned for you but as usual before we hit the main topic we got to do a little bit of housekeeping if you like the show and you like what we're doing here check us out over at patreon at uh, patreon.com slash the pdh pod i think i forgot to shout out the new patron last week so sorry about that but uh welcome to the pdh pod family dane h we appreciate your pledge we appreciate your support hope you're having a good time in the discord Is, and chatting it up with does, everybody does the h stand for half i don't know why there's an ancient magic card called half dane Oh, I have like, to look into that. I don't believe so, they, but maybe he's hiding. Maybe he's hiding something. When they did that, like Dominaria revisited thing, and they they like released like modern day legend, modern day reimaginings of the ancient characters. Like that's how we got the new uh -huh. Marhalt Els Dragon and the new Torwaki. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, one of the rare ones of those was like the ever changing Dane. And the flavor text is like oh. he'll never again be half of something because I don't, I don't know what the story is there, but he's some kind of weird evil shapeshifter guy. Oh, we'll have to keep an eye out so for if, Dane then. Somebody keep an eye on him. If that particular weird evil shapeshifter guy is our new patron, I just want to say what's up. Hey, what's up, shapeshifter? Yeah. When just like Dane, by being a patron, you get access to the pre-show, which is basically uh, like a new episode every single week, but just for patrons only. This week it was pushing an hour and a half, so that was a pretty decent one. And who doesn't want that? You also get access to the PDH Pod Discord. You can come in and talk with us, talk about decks, help build decks. Just uh, overall good conversation. And apparently, you can help us keep an eye on Dane the Shapeshifter. So uh, that may we'll see if that turns into a problem or not. Uh, as a patron, you also get early access to the episodes before they go live, and you get the uh, the show notes, so you can sort of follow along and see what we are talking about. Uh, last but not least, you can check us out on YouTube at the PDH Pod, uh, twitch.tv slash the PDH Pod, and the weekend of June 24th, we'll be in Detroit at RIW Hobbies playing some PDH, talking about PDH, commentating PD PDH, so you can uh, come see us there if you, if you have a chance to. Come on over. Liam, uh, we got new This Week in Magic? Uh, this Week in Magic, the Lord of the Rings spoilers continued, uh, but more on that in a few coming weeks. Uh, other yep. than that, I I think this week's been 
astoundingly quiet. Um, the, on, the only real thing is people complaining about... Is, this isn't PDH, it's EDH. People complaining mm-hmm. about a card banned in EDH that has a commando set set symbol. But I want to remind people about the complaints they made at Zendikar Rising. Because back at Zendikar Rising, there were three set symbols. There was the main set, the commando set, and then the box toppers had their own symbol. And people complained that it was too many set symbols. So Watsi said, (laughs) okay, we will combine the commando and the box toppers into one set, just the commando set. But you need to remember that no matter the set symbol they have on them, box toppers do not change legality. They aren't legal and standard. They aren't legal right, and modern. Exactly. Like, like box topper, if, if a card is a box topper, its legality doesn't change. And people are like, okay, cool, that makes sense. But now that we're getting a card that's banned in Commando, getting the Commando set symbol, like, why is there confusion? The card is borderless. Why is there confusion? They don't put borderless cards in pre-cons. I don't understand. Oh, that's a good I point, I don't too. understand I, people. Didn't even click, yeah. That makes sense. I don't sense. understand people. But that's this weekend magic. Well, I mean, to be fair, that was Zendikar Rising. That was like a whole two and a half years ago. In the MTG community, that's like a decade. Yeah, that's fair. What were you doing for ZNR, Dave? I have no memory of ZNR. <laughs> it was 2020, right? So, uh, September 2020, the fall set? September 2020. That would have been right after I dropped out of my PhD program. Dang. So, okay. Uh, yeah, I was teaching from home and hating it and desperately wishing that we could go back to in-person stuff (laughs) yeah weren't we all Uh, anyway let's move on to a fun topic the main topic this is actually to this is our birthday episode our anniversary episode sort of we did a patron only episode back around was it thanksgiving week of last year Uh, so technically we're a week and one year old but um for the public's knowledge, this is our one-year anniversary, <laughs> and we're going to talk about the year in review. We're going to spend this evening reflecting on the past year of the show, all the different topics we've covered, all the different guests we've had on the show, and what we're looking forward to in the coming future and beyond, 2024 and beyond. Uh, I, I went through all my DMs and my Twitter messages and stuff, and I sort of found out how I got in contact with Liam about the show and Dave with the show, and it was just like... Hey, Dave's like, hey, Scarecrow tells me you're looking for a co-host. <laughs> and that was pretty yeah, much it. Yeah, because um, Scarecrow's on Twitter, but I am not. And I, right. I I, got the impression that you had sent out this call for, for podcast, pod, podcast co-hosts on Twitter. And so Scarecrow brought this into the, the RC channel. And like, oh, okay. I, he, I don't think he told me where he found you. Well, I, <laughs> he just said, I, "I know a guy." He and I, he and I coexist in in many spaces. But he he was <laughs> he was advertising this particular thing in the RC channel. I think because he wanted one of us to do it, so that there would be like Shh, RC representation on the on the on the podcast thing. Which uh, very good forward thinking. Yeah. Which the the funniest thing about that to me in hindsight is like. I have I have clear memories a couple weeks into podcasting doing the podcasting and like when we were planning things we were talking about guests that we could have come in on the future and I feel like well, I think Brad at one point was like Scarecrow's expressed an interest like that would be really cool to have an RC member on the show and I was like buddy <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was our uh, I don't know if it was in an episode or like I think you Liam and I had like an introductory call yeah yeah and we were talking about it and I. I had no idea yep. that 
that you were part of the RC. I, I don't think Scarecrow mentioned that at all. He's just like, I know a guy. He's really cool. Here's his Discord. <laughs> Message him. He knows a lot about the game. I was like, perfect. That's great. Sweet. Outstanding. That's hilarious. Yeah. Foot in mouth. <laughs> no, it was very funny. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And then sort of the same thing, but on Twitter, I put out this uh, group text or group message, and it was like Liam and Scarecrow, I think a couple other people, and I was basically just like, hey, you know, my timeline's really starting to fill up with PDH content, this and that. I'm really excited about the format. I think now is a good time for more content. Like, I want to start a podcast. And Liam's like, I'll do it. I don't know how, but <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> I'm like, that's perfect. Great. I can figure it out from there. And pretty much... uh yeah, the rest is history. Here we are a year later. What do you think, Liam? Are you enjoying yourself? Uh, definitely enjoying it. Definitely have learned a lot. Definitely looking forward to learning more. Yeah. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I like that every week I get to learn a little bit more about the game from you two. And then I get to learn a little bit more about the uh, the unseen behind the curtain part of podcasting. You know, every Thursday night when I sit down to, to edit stuff and then... Post the post the episodes and all that good stuff. I still don't know anything about that. <laughs> and I am. Yeah. <laughs> have I if I told you lately that you're amazing? <laughs> like, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of love not knowing anything about that. <laughs> oh, I, I totally really, understand. Really yeah, okay, not changing that part of. <laughs> I, <laughs> I will happily yeah. teach you. Like. Oh, right oh no. now, we'll just, we'll just pause no, the show. What have I like, done? I feel like if I was pressed to, I could probably cobble something together. But I, I agree with Dave on this. That like, I, I appreciate <laughs> not having to. Uh, I'm happy to do it, and the fans seem to like it. So that's what matters, right? Yeah, hundred percent. All right. Well, moving sort of into the past year, reflecting on 2022 and 20 first half of 2023. We put together pretty much all the guests that we talked to, that we talked with, we had on the show, and the different topics we covered with them. Um, I think first up, we need to sort of mention the pals. We should—they're <laughs> like the iconic returning guest members. We should talk about the pals. Yeah, the pals are some of my favorite PDH players on the planet. I—we're going to see a couple of them at RIW in a few weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. I just booked my tickets to go spend a week with them in August. So if you want to, to watch me do some really, really ill-advised nonsense, <laughs> 24 straight hours on stream, uh, put that in your calendars. That's happening. Um, uh, yes, absolutely. But yeah, these uh, I, I, like, I really, really wanted to get them on the show just because I love talking with them i love hanging out with them i like i didn't even really care at the time like what we talked about i just wanted mm -hmm. to have them here and we got them we got them on the show for for episode 15 and as that show was concluding someone made a joke like we'll see you in another 15 episodes and i was like yeah okay so we penciled them in for 30 and i yep. was like at the time episode 30 was such a distant like far away pipe dream that i like wasn't oh it even... felt like a year away like right. a whole different podcast yeah. like I was like, "That's that's fake. That's not real." And then, <laughs> then we got there, and I was like, "Oh, I guess we, I guess we should talk to the pals again." And then yeah. after that one, we we put them back on the schedule for fifteen and or forty five. I mean, we we got them on the schedule upcoming for sixty. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's just a thing now. We've uh, it's just a thing. Yeah, 
we've spoken it's worked out pretty damn well too yeah we've had an enormous amount of fun with the pals we've talked to them about how to pals meta what what yep. what pals meta means and how to do pals meta things we've talked to them about how to keep a stream interesting yes uh, that, that was a good one because they they have been streaming games of magic for years and years and yeah and that uh, was the one i missed right mm -hmm. for a little bit under the weather during christmas break i think when that one was but i learned a lot you know from their all their knowledge about the streaming side of things just being just listening to the show via editing it I learned a lot, so that was a very good episode. Yeah, I I also learned a lot. Like I I have I've been to their house a couple times. I've streamed with them. Like I have not meaningfully thought about how they do it. Mm -hmm. They put a lot of thought into it, and they have a really high quality product because of it. Most recently, we've talked to them about multiplayer mentality. How to yep. How to whatever whatever. Whatever success means to you in a game of Magic, sometimes it means winning, sometimes it means having the most fun. Whatever success means to you, how do you yeah. how do you pursue that when you have three opponents rather than just right? Because that changes things. <laughs> yep. So yes, yeah, yeah, so that was good three, times. Three great episodes with the pals. We there's there's one there's one guest that I think has been on the show more often than the pals have. <gasps> Gasp. And that is Jules. Not Jules. I, I did this in the pre-show, too. I got the name. Of the, it's Chev. <laughs> Jules has been on three times. Chev has been on four times. Four times. That's right. Chev is the one who's been on more often than the pals. Dang. Not yeah, Jules. Yeah, Chev's been on with Corey. The very first time Chev was on, right? No, no. No. I guess that would have been the second time Chev was on. Yeah. Was with Corey talking about the DDB. Uh -huh. The uh, first time was Chev and Jules did the... Uh, filled in for a set review with us yeah that like we that was like really really early when super we were, early yeah we were still trying to figure out how we wanted to structure things and we i think we ended up doing like a double episode where it was, I, it was some, like i think so yeah it was the the pdh pod and the hex drinkers like we just like i was i had to miss that episode but i think you guys just like recorded them together Mm -hmm. And then, like the hex drinkers did all the editing, and there was like, "Here's here's the show. I I put it up on my end, you put it up on your end, and we just released the same content to both platforms." I think. Yes. Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm almost positive that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, and it was crazy because when we started this show, we were like, "Okay, Commander Legends has been out for a while, but let's start the show, like this, the podcast with set reviews. Like we did mm -hmm. an introductory episode number one, and then we did back to back set reviews." And it didn't occur to me at the time that, like, oh, uh, in in a week or two, there's going to be another set review. <laughs> We're just going to have <laughs> yeah. a, a stack of set reviews here in the first, you know, half a dozen episodes. Episodes two, three, and four are all set reviews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah. Yeah, big thanks to Chev. Corey came on once. Jules has been on a few times. Uh, we even did a – we talked about it in the pre-show. We did a Brothers War set review where Liam – Went to hang out with the Hex Drinkers, and Jules came over here. Mm -hmm. Oh, did Chev not come over? Mm -mm. No, we just no. It was just Jules. Uh, oh, Chev hasn't been on more than the pals. Then they've been on the same. Okay, 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 okay. I think it's the because uh, the combination of Jules, the Hex Drinkers, Chev all together makes it seem like yeah, way more than it actually was. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and then it's they good times, though. they they came back on pretty recently uh, when when Brad took a night off. And Liam and I panicked, like, how do we do this? <laughs> <laughs> Just called up Chev and Jules, like, help. 
Yeah, they were like, no problem. Get on the show. And they were like, we got you. <laughs> we got you, fam. We are professionals. Lots of lots. That's right. Yeah. Incredible people. I love podcasting with them. They're magnificent. Yeah, very, very good guys. Uh, one of the first, I guess one of the first singular guests we had on was Crash to talk about the creation of the uh, the competitive tier list, the PDH tier list. That was, yeah. for me, that was extremely eye-opening. Like, I knew it existed, but to hear, like, the history of it, all the playtesting, all the work that went into it really, like, mm-hmm. I, like I said, it just opened my eyes to the whole competitive side, tier list side of the uh, entire format. For sure. The the tier list is something that what what you see, the presentation of it, is just a tiny, tiny part of what goes into it. So getting Crash yeah. on to talk about all the work that goes into it uh, was pretty fantastic, I think. Yeah, and it really stood out to me because, like, I, I, you know, I, I've said it, I guess I say it in every single episode, but coming from my 60-card popper competitive sort of background, I'm used to just pulling up MTG Goldfish or pulling up MTG Top 8, and the meta is just there. Mm-hmm. Like, it shows you percentages, and it shows you the decks and the deck lists and stuff. So I guess I was spoiled in that respect, and I didn't really think about all the work that actually went into creating your own tier list for an entirely niche format. So that episode with Crash really like got me to appreciate that side of it more, got to appreciate him as a person, as a player, as a community member more. Like It was very, very... Uh, very educational, I guess. Definitely, because uh, those pages, like on MTG Goldfish, those are those are kind of data mined. The they they take yep. deck mm-hmm. lists, high performing deck lists from tournaments, and and just post it on their page. So having something yep, like just... that that they that Crash themselves created is definitely a lot of work and, and requires a lot of knowledge. Yeah, it was very impressive. Very impressive. I don't talk to Crash as much as I as I should. What about you, Dave? I used to he talk pops to in the streams lot. every now and then to like chat it up but yeah like he and i used to be really close on discord and like lately i i got really busy with school i think he got really busy with school we haven't been as communicative as we had been in the past but sure i hope to pick that back up now that it, the summer is upon us yeah absolutely this did. I feel like forever oh go ahead cra- crash and like the, I, there's there's a group of people that i think of in my mind as like the crash squad and it's Crash and Mentir and Yalaram and uh, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes Piku, sometimes Korokin. There's, there's a couple couple other auxiliary folks around that scene that join in sometimes. Like those are some of my sure. favorite people to play competitive with because like oh I believe it yeah the, the the meta has like largely the meta has kind of shifted away from these like you know really top heavy really like massive canon combo decks like the Tetiovas yeah. and the Guild Mages, but like there's there's a part of me that just loves sitting down at a game with like Tetiova versus Guild Mage versus Weavers versus like Parcel. Oh like, sure. Yeah, absolutely. You can those games can get wild. I've learned I've learned more in like those kind of games from like Crash and Yellow Round than I have in anyone from anyone else. And and Mentir as well. Mentir's a and a remarkable teacher. Like the three of them have taught me more about competitive magic than like anyone else on the planet. I, I yeah, appreciate and, them. And you and you kind of touched on it too. It's not just like they write amazing primers and they play decks really well and they know how to build competitive decks, but they're also like mentors for the competitive side of the format. <laughs> that's actually where men- You know what I mean? Like that's, that's where mentor's oh, name comes from. He just misspelled oh, mentor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. See? Yeah. I get stuff. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, that was that was very good. One of the uh speaking of deck building, one of the first actual guests we had on to talk about 
deck building as a concept, as a practice, as a dedication was Abby from Down Under. Yeah. That was very, that was also very interesting because at that point I had had, Abby had had been on a handful of the Saturday streams and by now she's been on almost every one of them. And she always played such interesting decks, like whether they were, you know, popular commanders that everyone's heard of or decks that you see all the time. There was always an interesting take on them. Mm -hmm. And during the streams or after the stream, we would talk about, you know, like card choices and card decision and how how did you land on that card and what were your thought processes going through building this deck and yada yada. And just her sort of thought process for building decks was very interesting to me. It wasn't something that I had ever really considered, especially in in a much more broad format like PDH. Like it was very, mm-hmm. it was more almost more philosophical than statistical than mathematical. Does that make sense? Am I saying mm-hmm. that correctly? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, it was it was all about the. Uh, I I would honestly have to go back through the notes or listen to the episode, but it was like the intersections between. How do you what say? I, what I what I. What I took from from that episode, because it was it was very it was educational for me as well. She, she she really focused in on when you see a commander, there's a couple different directions that the commander is going to want to pull you in. Mm-hmm. You have to find the places where, like, you want to you want to allow yourself to be pulled in those directions, and you want to look for the places where those directions are going to intersect. There we go. Yep. So like, get them to come back around so that they are arriving at the same place so that the cards you're adding to your deck are going to to be you know versatile enough to take you in whatever direction you need to go at the time but like powerful enough that they'll serve the whole deck's grand purpose all together which is yeah. where those intersections come in excellent way to put it it's like it it's like it happened yesterday for you <laughs> i i think about that a lot <laughs> it, it is a really cool concept like i get and it's something yeah. too that's I don't want to say super simple, but it's easy to implement. Like it's something that, you know, it's not like a master class in deck building. It's something that anyone can use to build better decks, to build more cohesive decks. Cause even since that episode, mm-hmm. you know, I used to be terrible about no matter what format I played, I used to be terrible about just playing piles, like piles of cards I liked that roughly related to each other. Like power be damned. I always played synergy over anything else. And like after recording that episode with Abby, I actually learned about a, a lot about how to sort of bring in some of that power and bring in some of this other aspect I never bothered with and just sort of tie all them together without getting too, while still being able to be creative with it. Mm-hmm. I feel like one of the, there's another episode that really resonated with me a lot um, on that topic. And we didn't have a guest for it, so it's not in this part of the show notes, but the mm-hmm. the episode we did about staples or the lack thereof. I think snuck up on the, the idea that Abby was communicating. I think the Staples episode like snuck up on that idea from behind uh-huh. and like tried to ambush it. With the uh, the 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 fundamental foundational idea behind both of these things is just like you should be really intentional about your card choices whenever possible. And like in the Staples episode, like you, one of the big messages I was trying to get out there in that one is that you want to choose very intentionally choose cards that are going to forward your game plan. Yeah. Not not because like this is the good card, it does the good things at the good rate. But, like, <laughs> because this this is the card that will do things that your commander wants you to be doing. Yes. 
that's much more specific than like it wins me the game or it kills it. Like you need a couple of those, but like yeah, yeah. Be just making sure that you are following the direction your commander is leading, not just yeeting yourself with the piles of good cards. <laughs> We've had our fair share of yeeting, though. I do like to yeet things. <laughs> that is a good activity. Uh, where do you want to go next, Liam? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll wait for Liam to come back. I'm sure I'm sure he'll be back eventually. I would like to move from Abby to uh, another prolific and remarkable deck builder, Scarecrow. Yes. We we had Scarecrow on a couple times. We didn't. We've never picked Scarecrow's brain about general deck building strategy, but we have put him on display with very specific decks and uh, let sort of the um, let it speak for itself. Yeah, yeah, we'll let we'll let the the decisions that he made in this specific deck building situation kind of speak to his mastery of card choices in general. Yep. We had Scarecrow on twice. Yep. Uh both times were for the three by three style episodes where we each bring a deck and we talk about what what goes into it and why it works and the world famous the pillars we did. The the pillars. Yep. Uh we brought him on for a Halloween episode. That was his debut. Mm-hmm. He is a scarecrow thought halloween was perfect and he told us about a uh graveyard flavored deck with uh Lork dragon i think mm-hmm. and then we brought him back on to do uh march of machines this wasn't quite a three by three we did we didn't want it to be exactly like that but we did want to say you know of of all the draft archetypes you may find yourself falling into with march of the machines limited which of these draft archetypes led by which of these uncommon march of machines commanders could could you just transform into a PDH deck very easily? So uh, he helped us. He helped us pioneer the inaugural episode of that. Yeah, with, and that was uh, a his... that was a listener topic too. Like, yeah, you know, could you guys do an episode on how to take your favorite limited deck from a new set and make it into a PDH deck, basically? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we took it and we went, we uh, ran with it. It was great. Yeah, I think it was a fantastic episode. Let me let me try this again. Liam, where do you think we should go next? Uh, I think we should head over to our guest Lobot. Lobert, so good at this. Lobert, Lobert. Sorry, no, sorry. My <laughs> my headset died. I had to I had to plug it in. Understood. I, I wasn't ignoring you. I was also just trying not to like blast you guys with a different audio because <laughs> I know you I, toned me up. The editor appreciates that. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I appreciate you being considerate about it. <laughs> yes, sorry. Uh, no, so yeah, so we had Lobot on for a four by four about entering the battlefield abilities. Yeah. He is, I know I mentioned it during the episode, but he is sort of a staple when it comes to pauper content. Like, everybody knows about Lobber. They either learned how to play the game better from him or got into the format at all from him. And if when we were making these show notes, it sort of like, I felt, it felt wrong that we only had him as a guest one time. But I think that's just because we've all been on his streams. We all, you know, he's in special channels of our Discord for for when he was editing our videos. We, you know, I was sort of working with him hand in hand while he was editing those videos. Like, it just feels like he's been more involved in the show than just the one episode. So, you know, for listeners out there, just know that he is, for the one episode he was on, he's helped out with uh, numerous content on our end. So it's very much appreciated. His videos are good. Oh, they're so good. I don't know how he takes two to three hours of gameplay and di- and just dilutes it into 15. 
that's not the one so, I want. I don't want dilute. I don't know. I know D- that it D- takes him a while, but I don't get it. Yeah. yeah. Distill. Thank you. Yeah. And distills it into 15, 20 minute videos. But it's, it's fantastic. They're so they're great. They're, they're easy so to watch. Size. And if, yeah, and if you yep. can't like actually have your eyes on it the whole time, he narrates the whole thing, tells you what's played, what cards are doing what, like it's like what life totals are doing. It's great. Yeah. And I know that he, watches the gameplay the full length regular speed gameplay over and over and over writes out a script gets the card images crops it all edits it's crazy amount of work that goes into those so you should definitely check them out if you haven't yet yeah yeah i love them speaking of uh special four by four guests yeah i want to give a a real quick shout out to what happened last week we brought in the world famous common connoisseur himself ryan for the second time for the newer, second time. Newer, yeah. newer listeners may not know that we had Ryan on almost a year ago for episode six when we talked about uh Yeah, single digits. The the, the translation station of how, how to transfer yourself from the sixty card pauper mindset into PDH. And then we brought him back yeah, to tell us about mid range. So yeah, if you've never uh watched any of Ryan's videos or listened to Ryan speak about MTG and the uh the conceptual ideas behind it it is something else you're missing is, out what's that you're missing out if you yeah haven't. you're absolutely missing out he he takes the um the deep dive if you will to a next level for sure but it's not it's not just oh here's this card from 27 years ago that no one's ever heard of that's really good it's like the mental aspect of it the physical aspect you know the you know, get your mind right, get your body right, get your get your way of thinking right, sort of thing. Hit the gym, delete your Facebook. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Uh, but all that towards PDH. It's it's a thing yeah, of beauty. The first time he was on our show after after that show got published, he he messaged us, being like, "Man, I had no idea that I talked so much. I'm sorry." And we're like, "Child, <laughs> like you apologize for nothing here. Like for nothing. Yeah, everything you right? said is something we wanted you to say." Keep talking. Keep yeah. making content. I cut out literally right. zero of it. Like, we wanted you to talk less. Yeah, keep doing what you do. We could have done that. And that was before, was that before him and Clay went pretty hard into the uh, connoisseurs, right? Yeah, I think right? that it was, was still try I might, I might yes. be wrong about yeah. that, but um, I might not be. Those, I think you're, those I think are the are options. Correct. It's definitely one of those. Yep. <laughs> it's one of those two. It's 50-50, 50-50 from what I understand about math. But yeah, speaking of the other, uh, Ryan was... If it was just the tryhards, Ryan was partnered up with a with a man named Clay, who's also a very good, very strong, competitive PDH player. And Clay actually joined us on a single episode one time. We'll have to have Clay back. He was on for the uh, Dominaria Remastered set review, which was we had him on. It was really cool because we we we've had prior to Clay, we had guests on for set reviews. But what I found interesting about it was to see a set review or to hear card um analysis new card analysis from someone that's almost strictly of the competitive mindset Mm -hmm. if that makes sense you know see how those cards are going to fit into the competitive realm or you know because we're just like oh that that seems awesome eight mana for a two two wow that's great look at that fun (laughs) thing and he's just like no man that's garbage (laughs) don't bring that to my (laughs) table (laughs) yeah but just like ryan he's very specific about it He's, he's very clinical about it and it's it's really really neat to see really high quality insights when it comes to cpdh yeah Uh, i want to mention about clay kind of the same thing we mentioned about Robert. like it's weird to to think that he's only been on the show once 
because like that that's weird in my mind because of how much work he does behind the scenes like making everything go he's he just he yeah. makes he he is the common connoisseurs alongside ryan uh he, you know he's got his own his whole server like uh every every time like popper edh has had like a big triumph in terms of like community visibility like when moxfield supported mm-hmm. like us as a format when such. scryfall supported as a format almost every single one of those events was spearheaded by clay behind the scenes just like finding out who to email yeah. and talking to them and being like hey like here's my format let's put it on the map and like he like a lot of that is just him so like like Lobert does so much work behind the scenes is like constantly promoting things making things uh it's weird that they've only been on once we're we're going to have to bring them back i want yeah we'll have to yeah. rectify that but uh yeah and you can tell it comes from cuz magic the gathering has a billion million billion content creators whether it's podcasts or streamers or just article writers what have you and some of them you can tell are very like this is my job. I create content. Here's my 5,000 words for the week or here's my <laughs> podcast for the week or what have you. Whereas like, you know, everybody we've talked about so far, but, you know, Clay and Ryan and Lobber, it all comes from a place of um, passion for the yeah. format, passion to see the format grow and for the community members and just sort of everything involved. It's not just, oh, I like PDH and I need to make content. So I guess I'll do this. Yeah, they are invested and it's, yeah, very That's invested. Very cool. Yeah. You know who's not very invested, but was still super cool about coming on our show and hanging out with us? <gasps> Gasp. Who's that? Sheldon Mennery. The Sheldon? The Sheldon. That Sheldon. <laughs> that Sheldon. Couldn't, couldn't possibly. Yeah, no, Sheldon. Could not Sheldon motherflippin' Mennery. The, <laughs> the man in charge of the entire EDH Rules Committee. Forever. Forever. Showed up on our show to talk to us about PDH. He just yeah. hung out with us, and he for, was super about, cool. Yeah, about he was it. super chill. Yeah, like he he brought a bunch of questions to ask us about the format. He you know he he, he brought his perspective as a, as an RC member to chat with you know how that how how that goes with a smaller format with uh, mm-hmm. apparently a lot more RC members than EDH has. Yeah, <laughs> his, uh, yeah, he was uh, sort of blown away by that. Yeah. One. Uh yeah, we just had a yeah. we had a good time hanging out with Sheldon. It was kind of crazy. Yeah, it was it was a lot. Like I had been messaging with him before the episode, obviously, to like invite him on, talk about you know talk about what we're going to talk about, and even even in Twitter, even in the DMs where him and I don't know each other from Adam, as they say, he was very friendly, very conversational, joked around quite a bit, you know. And we just set it up, and that's exactly what he brought to the show. Was it was conversations, and it was jokes, and it was just a, a fun time. You know, it wasn't like Big Brother Commanders coming into the Popper Commander episode, you know, and throwing his weight around or anything like that. He didn't use it as like a a platform for his celebrity fandom agenda or anything. It was just like he's a lover of the singleton hundred card singleton formats, and he want, wanted to learn about ours. Like, he could have been anybody. It just happened to be Sheldon Minnery that wanted to come on and talk about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. It was awesome. I, I think my favorite part of this is with releases of Commander Legends uh, 1 and 2 and, and the double Dominaria sets, mm-hmm. we have a lot of uncommon legends. And people have been online throwing around, oh, what if 
what if I built a commander deck with one of these uncommon legends, but the 99 was all commons. <laughs> and the, you know, people have thrown that around for a year and a half, two years. And, you know, the EDH community and, and the, the EDH rules committee could have very easily just said, yeah, you know, this is a variant of our format. It, everything's the same except uncommon legend and 99 commons, right? But rather than doing that, they, you know, sought out uh, a writer for Tulane Community College, sought out information about pdh sheldon menry came on our show to learn more about it like yeah. rather than just kind of just stepping over what to them would have been a non-existent format they found out that hey we exist and they came to talk to us like that's that's really freaking cool yeah that is super cool like they wanted to know more they weren't just like oh good yeah. for you and your little format <laughs> exactly yeah it was super cool and I know you were, Liam, you were rather uh, excited to have Sheldon on. I know you're a big fan of his. Yeah, I'm, I'm outside of PDH, I am a much bigger EDH player than I am uh, a 60 card popper player. Sure. And it was particularly exciting to have him on, yes. Yeah, that was a very good episode. So listeners, scroll back through and give that one a listen. I can't remember, remember which uh, number it was. It was uh, but it's, hmm? 40 or 41, yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah, go check it out. It was a good one. But I, I, I don't feel like Sheldon's the only famous person we've talked to, is it, Dave? Speaking of famous people, <laughs> some guy that I had never heard of before called Brian DeMar came onto our show. And I was like, hey, who are you? And his friend had to be like, this guy won a bunch of pro tours. Yeah, he's like Brian Flippin' DeMars. That's who yeah. he is. In fairness, I didn't really know who Sheldon was before he came on the show either. Like that also had to be explained. Yeah, to me. I don't really pay attention to things. Like I know who Clay is and who Ryan are, but like I don't know who Sheldon Mentory is. Uh, right? No, we yeah we had like we were just we were just talking about Liam's excitement for <laughs> Sheldon when I uh, was posting in the episode channel like gushing that Brian DeMars is going to be on the show and with his group his play group up there at RIW. Dave was like, oh, my God, that's so awesome. I don't know who that is, but I'm excited for you. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm into this enthusiasm, but I had literally yes. never heard of Brian DeMars before. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he came on. Uh, he brought, he brought his, his whole squad from RIW. We had uh, Ryan? Ryan Ryan and John, right? Yeah, yes. we had mm-hmm. Ryan, John, and Brian. And uh, all yep. three of them came on to talk about RIW hobbies and how to build a community. Yeah. And it was super fortuitous that they showed up because now we are the ones showing up all of these famous people that we talked to on the podcast i get to go meet in person yeah finally yeah yeah and i think um towards the end of that episode i think they even threw it out there like oh what if you know if we throw a big pdh 1k over the summer will you show up well, then and we're like yeah probably well, they, they so one of the reasons we had had them on when we did is they had i think they were we were helping them promote because it was in march that we did this and i think they do a big popper 1k event every three months or so so we yeah, we were right. helping them promote the one that was about to happen or had just happened maybe i don't remember which i think it was about to happen because they were telling us all about the tacos and i was like wailing Uh, and gnashing my teeth that i couldn't get out there with just this one week notice because i feel like mistakes have been made but then uh yeah you know i was was joking with them that you know if it happens every three months like if it happens in june like my school ends in june so as long as they made it late june i could come out 
<laughs> and then they did. <laughs> they, they were yeah, like, they on, called us out on, on the it. show. They were like, "Give me a date. I will. I will schedule this thing for you personally." <laughs> and that's what happened. They they made the the new Popper One K. The Popper EDH One K is happening in late June, so that I can be there. Yeah, and I am. It's amazing. Overjoyed with this. The yeah, super excited. Yeah, like the, every everything they said about their store and their community just made me think like I wish that was down the street from me. Oh I my god, so need... bad. Like I have a good LGS, but I don't have a RIW LGS. I, I love my LGS dearly, but they've never yes, given me here. a taco. Not no, even I've one never... time. <laughs> no, I, I I've gotten sodas. Like they'll give yeah. me a, a pop every now yeah. and then, but that's about it. Sadly, no tacos. Zero tacos. And then my one L, my one LGS uh, has a stack of coupons on their front desk for fifty percent off uh, barbecue at the barbecue joint two doors down. Nice. And they oh, have okay. a coupon that they that, that that isn't on their desk, but if you spend ten dollars or more there, right, they hand you a coupon for five percent off your purchase. At the game store. <laughs> so guess what every Friday night is? <laughs> Barbecue and magic cards. Name oh, yeah. That's awesome. Name a better combo. You can't. Honestly. No, you can't do it. Wait. I might have one. <gasps> you can name a better combo? Then barbecue and they'll just let me try. Okay. Let me know what you think of this one. Yep. Lay it on me. Puzzle box and combo decks. You nailed it. I didn't think you could do it, but you nailed it. This is yeah. I'd have to agree. That's that's. This that's is why I make the big bucks. God, you're a professional. <laughs> I just can't. It's oozing. It's oozing. I love no, it. No, no, no. The, pre- the professionals. The next one. Oh, we gotta wait. It. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta talk about puzzle first. Yes, we do. Good old PB. We just had uh, him on recently to talk about what do we call it? The uh, the macro view, the mile high view of particular archetypes. This isn't the first one we've done, right? We did. No, we did. We didn't do the we didn't four by four the puzzle box episode. We just we just put them right. in front of a microphone. And we're like, tell us oh, about every right, combo right. that exists in PDH. Yep, yeah. We're like, if yeah. people want to know what sorts of combos are in the format, what and do we they, got? And they do. <laughs> they frequently yeah. ask, oh, what so kind often. of combos? And who better to ask? Like, there are very few players that, like, I'm known as an Orzov lover, but I'm not really known for like a deck like i'll just play whatever orzov that's not really an archetype orzov is a color pair not an archetype but like puzzle box when i think of puzzle box i think a combo player like that's just yeah what he is what he does and he's super good at it yeah yeah he's a he's a the mastermind of of all things combo yeah i i do associate him with that strongly but i'll, I'll also be honest like i think the first when I first started playing with Puzzle, probably the first three or maybe four games I played with him, mm-hmm. he was on Sidrax's Spectre the whole time. And I oh, don't he, think he there's a combo that, yeah. in it. I think he was just strictly Spectre, beat, Spectre and Cranial Plating. <laughs> like, that's that's his deck. He's gonna... he's gonna. It's it's a hard control plan with, uh, really, with an evasive flyer as his endgame. Like an evasive fire that's impossible to get rid of. Like if you kill it, he just sends it to the graveyard, and he unearths it and then flickers it, and it's back. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just Grixis it's, beats. That's yeah, awesome. it's just an inexorable Grixis control deck with a Spectre. So like, I didn't, I did not associate with him him with combos at first, and then he just annihilated the EDH event 
yeah. with PDH Gretchen combo. And like now he's the combo guy. Yeah, he's the combo guy. Yeah. You want to buy combos? You go to Puzzle Box. What what do I do if I want to know about a professional human? <sighs> professional humans are hard to come by. Thankfully, luckily, we got one on the show. I think twice we had one on the show. The same one on the show twice. That is uh Derek, the uh, professional human RC member, amazing deck builder. We had him on re- most recently to talk about uh, sort of personalizing your deck, how to, like, not how to spend money to make it more expensive, but just how do you make it your own aesthetically? What cards mean what to you? You know, how do you um, compare? You know, like, my whole thing when I think about it is like, do I want the optimal card or do I want the card that I love more sort of thing? You know, when we talked mm-hmm. about foiling and altars and artist proofs and all this stuff he's really into. He's got the uh, a pretty impressive collection on all that. And then the opposite of what we talked about with Ryan the first time, the first time Derek was on, we talked to him about making a transition from EDH down to PDH and sort of the mentality there and what you can expect when you go from one to the next. Because I, I know he's a big EDH player as well, so... I don't really play EDH. I, I'd like I'd like to sit down at a table, an EDH table with Derek to see what he brews in a all power, you know, all power format instead of PDH. But um, just based on his uh, uncommon creatures and ninety nine commons, it is very, very, very impressive. Yeah, I love his builds. Yeah, they're always super. Hmm, not simple. He doesn't build simple decks, but you look at like. I don't know, mischievous cat geist. You look at that I creature. Love and you're the like, cat geist. I, I do just too. Thinking of that one. And you're like, okay, cool. It damages a player. You draw a card. Like we have a million effects like that. But then he builds it in such a way that you're like, where did that come from? Where did? How did you get those cards in your hand? Like, what is going on here with this silly little commander that you have on the board or in your graveyard or as an enchantment on a creature? Like, what? What is happening right now? And then there the, are, the uh, Strobe Knight deck, all that good stuff, all the fun stuff. Strobe Knight, yeah, his the, the Heritage Druid is mm-hmm. fantastic. Yep. Um, there are the number of players who like, like I, I mean, I I build a ton of decks, and I I try really hard to do it without anyone's direct influence. Like if sure. I'm I'm building a deck, I'm not going to look up anything. I'm not going to see who what cards other people have put in. I'm just going to see like what cuz I'm really interested to see what what can I create for this. Um mm-hmm. there's a short list of players whose decks I look at and I think I wish I had thought of that first and now I'm angry about it. <laughs> and Derek is on that list. Yeah. That that is a very good way to put it. Because, like, going back to the Catgeist, never once was it on my radar. Right. And though, until I saw it in action, and, like, I, I knew it was an uncommon creature. I knew technically it could be my commander. But until I saw it in action, I was like, holy cow, that's actually really fun, really cool, and sneaky, powerful. So those, yeah. are, the, uh, those are the kinds of decks you can expect from a professional human. I am not a professional human yet. One day, I aspire to get there, but... Someday. Someday. I am 98.5% confident mm-hmm. that this is a comprehensive and complete list of all of the guests that we've had in the first year. Mm-hmm. If you are a guest from the first year and we didn't just say your name, I'm so, so sorry. I don't know how you slipped through our extensive and exhaustive screening process. Yeah. 
of trying to write down everyone's name. But if that happens, uh, let us know. We will fix it. If you have not been a guest in the first year and this upsets you, let us know. Also let us know. Yeah. Just come on the show. We'll talk about something. Yeah. We'll always find something to talk about. Yeah. We are good about that. We we love guests. Like Come Dave said guest. when I first talked to him, I'm uh, your talents <laughs> are talking about things, but not thinking of things to talk about. <laughs> that was my resume I submitted. Like, I heard That's you it. need a co-host. Here's here's what I'm capable of providing. <laughs> it's not thoughts. It's just words. Just lots but, of words. And I thought that's, that's what perfect. you need. Perfect. Yeah, hit us up. We're always looking for more guests, more interesting topics, all that good stuff. I love one of my favorite things about the pdh community format everything as a whole is seeing the different directions that people take with their decks like i mean we've talked about it before you know even our like three by three and four by four episodes are sort of exemplary of that like you take a simple archetype and look at the multiple ways different people build it you take one commander and give it to four people you'll probably end up with four different decks like that never ceases to amaze me the things that we come up with we did that a lot in, um, like the the what is it? Modern Horizons two, I think, was the set mm-hmm. that got spoiled. Part part of the spoiler dropped while Blake and I were visiting the pals, and Ooh. like that we we all saw Aethersworn Sphinx at the same time, mm-hmm. and like all of us, like everyone in that room was like, "Oh my god!" Like we could build that commander, and it would do. Blah, and like every one of us said something different. Like exactly. every single one of us wanted to take this in a like one one someone wanted to do like nat combo, and someone wanted to do just like big stompy idiots, and someone wanted to do like super ramp, and someone wanted to do like you know all of the other affinity cards. We were just like, man, like we should all build this deck and have an entire pod that's just four completely different ethers one swings decks. Yeah, that's completely viable. I love it. Speaking of a bunch of people Talking all approaching the same I- the same deck idea from a different standpoint, what's next on our agenda? Well, we have done a series of episodes that we refer to as the 3x3s, sometimes 4x4s. I think they're popular. We love doing them. We were talking about that in the pre-show, like... We just love doing the three by three episodes. We love creating decks for them, or we like taking decks we already have and bringing them, kind of highlighting them, showcasing them in that episode. Like they're just super fun topics to talk about. And generally, what we do is we'll take an archetype or sometimes a theme, and we'll each bring a deck to that episode. Uh, well, first, the best Dave creates the pillars for each given archetype or theme. And usually Pillars 3 and 4 are roughly the same. If you know these episodes, you know exactly what we're talking about here. Uh, It's 1 and 2 that change the most, depending on what we're we're there to talk about. And then we bring our decks. We talk about how these decks fit into the Pillars. And we sort of go from there. I know, um, Dave, you're a huge fan of the 3x3s and 4x4s. What about you, Liam? This has to be one of my favorite topics that we do. And... It's it's funny that it is because it's it's you know the the most recurring one that we do so it's it's not the most unique topic, but in terms of like magic content, it is fairly unique. You get people all the time doing singular deck techs, or even nowadays mm-hmm. you've got a bunch of content creators creating like what if pre cons, right? But like yeah. this mm-hmm. 
is sort of in that vein of, yeah, you know, we're, we're creating deck lists and talking about them. But rather than being like, this card goes in this commando, this card goes in this commando, like it's it's about the strategy as a whole and then showcasing a couple of exemplary commandos. And yeah, exactly. I just, I really like this topic because it's in the vein of deck techs without being explicitly deck techs. It's unique. It's different. There isn't anything like it. And every three by three we do is beginner friendly as you know, if they want, if, if the person listening wants to build that style of deck, we give them three great options. And yeah, the show the deck links are in the show details, yeah. all like it's so they're right there. And mm-hmm. and it's I just I, I, I don't foresee this topic ending anytime soon. No, and I think they've been pretty well received. And it's funny you mentioned deck text because I think that's how it started. Like I brought up the idea forever ago. Like, oh, for future episodes, do we want to do deck text? Like because I'm just used to at the time, I was used to 60-card competitive formats where that was the content. Mm-hmm. Like, you either talked about the meta or you did deck techs on popular decks. And I think Dave was like, what if we uh, each brought a deck to talk about, but they were all loosely related by an archetype? And we're like, huh, that sounds really cool. And he's like, yeah, you know, like, there's three of us and three decks, so like a three by three. And we're like, bingo. And it's been that way ever since. Except for when we have a guest. Thank you for the naming convention, Dave. <laughs> I, I have no memory of contributing to that naming convention, but if you <laughs> if you say that was me, I'll take I'm, it. I'm almost certain it was you. Yeah, oh. almost. Yeah, like nine. What do you say? Ninety-eight and a half percent certain. Yep. All right, all right. I'll take it. Yeah. And I know that uh, they're one of your favorite topics, Dave. What do you love so much about them? I love that we get to. I I, I love how they zoom in and out. I love that we start with this kind of zoomed out archetype and we say, here's a couple, like we, we, we talk, here's what the archetype wants to do. Like that's the, the zoomed out. We have these pillars, like here's how this archetype functions. And then we zoom in a little bit and say, here are a couple commanders that do this like really. Mm-hmm. And here's one commander that does it really weird. Yep. And then, and then we say, here's, we zoom in a little more. Like how, how does this commander in these colors, like if you want to do, the aristocrat strategy in red like what what red cards are going to help you accomplish this which does it creates this multi-leveled like we get to talk about it at, at these various different levels of uh zoomed inness right. which i think paints a really comprehensive picture of like liam said very beginner friendly like if if someone is just getting into magic and they're they're like I want to make an aristocrat's deck but I don't know how like what's important to aristocrats like we we have that zoomed out level yes. if someone is saying like I really want to fine tune this carder list to make it a little bit more aggressive like what cards should I be looking at specifically like we've got that level of detail as well and I think that mm-hmm. it's that we can do all of that while also like comparing and contrasting like here's here's how my red deck does uh aristocrats how does your white deck do it let's look at the similarities here uh let's look at what's different between these colors like i think that's just such a there's a there's a breadth and depth to it that is really impressive for like a single podcast episode that i i think i think is impressive anyway and i just love creating them and being a part of that yeah very well said and i do too and it's kind of like you uh sort of piggybacking on what you said it's not like 
we said, oh, uh, episode 27, let's all bring in Orzhov Aristocrats deck and talk about it. You know, it was Aristocrats, what decks are we bringing? And we try to cover as much of the spectrum as we can within those three decks. Kind of like what you were saying. Like, we get down to specifics. We do overarching ideas and concepts. Like, it's a very uh, breadth and depth is, is a good way to put it. Yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased with how those have been shaping up. Yeah, and people seem to be grasping on to the pillar concept. Like, it's a whole thing now. I, I told you guys that my, my brother <laughs> created a deck that he, he created. He tagged all of the cards according to the pillars. <laughs> I was see that's amazing. Yeah, I I I've probably said that like four times on this show, but like I'm still just very flattered by it. Yeah, like because it works. It like yeah. it's yeah. not something that I've ever considered when building a deck. I've never thought about there being pillars. Like I've always just thought of like, oh, I need, uh, I don't know, I need damage that goes to the face. I need a handful of creatures. I need lands. Like there wasn't ever like specifics because what i like about the pillars is that they change per archetype there's a couple that stay there's like one and a half that sort of like remain the same every time (laughs) one and a half is i think the the correct number yeah (laughs) and the ones that change are the ones that are super specific to that particular archetype or theme or what have you and i think that's where they're the concept of the pillar is super easy for people to grab onto, to latch onto, to understand, and to be able to apply that to other archetypes and other decks. And they can go back to decks that they have on Moxfield they haven't updated in eight months and apply those pillars to the deck. It's not like, oh, these pillars are only good for, I don't know, is it Spellslinger? So I don't know what you're going to do for your Golgari deck. So I'm a okay. big fan of the pillars. I, I like using the pillars towards deck building and deck uh, explanation, I guess. I, I've been really pleased with how they've worked out. Like I've never, I, I had never really considered pillars as like a deck building organizational strategy. Like until mm-hmm. I started, like, oh, I have to write about this. I have to talk about it. Like, okay, how how should I structure this discussion? Like, I feel like Abby talking about the uh, the the different directions your commander pulls you in and how you wrap those around to make them intersect. Like that probably had a non-trivial influence on the creation of pillars as a concept. Yeah, I, I feel like that was brought up when we first started discussing this this uh structure this topic yeah good work abby yep as always good work uh liam do you want to touch on or tell us about a couple of the uh three by threes and four by fours we've talked about yeah so our very first three by three uh was a voltron themed three by three uh why we decided on voltron to start this out i'm I'm not entirely sure. I think yeah, it just we, sort of happened. <laughs> I think we just we just we created a list of topic ideas and then we just looked at it and I I think what happened was we just one of us asked the question, which of these ideas do we all have an existing deck list for? Yes. And mm-hmm. I think Voltron was kind of the first one that popped up. So we just went with it. Uh, and then uh, so we had Killian was Brad's Wombat was Dave's, and oh, I brought, wombat. and I and, <laughs> and I brought a uh, literally Yorgle, the vanilla nine three, which was a surprise to both of the co-hosts. And yes, it absolutely was because you, you did you not kept know it about a surprise, right? And yeah. go go listen to that video. Go listen to that episode if if you do not believe me. Um, it was a surprise to both of them, and we, we were ambushed. We were <laughs> we were ambushed in the recording studio with yep. literal Yargle. Literal Yargle. Yeah, and and that spawned 
two things. Uh, one, it spawned the Yargle deck for future 3x3s. What, what deck does the strategy, but in a weird color or in a weird way, but would still be classified as that strategy? And right, because then, when you look at literal uncommon Yargle, you don't look at him like perfect Voltron commander right you, there. You like, look it's at not him something anything. you think about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> now, now I see Yargle, I'm like, oh, yeah, the Voltron commander. The Voltron yeah. commander. Truly. The and, Yargle, yep. And it also spawned uh, the Yargle show, which we'll talk about later. But after that Voltron episode, uh, we did Go Wide with uh, League Guild Mage. Maya, the green-white legend from Kaldheim, and Evangel of Heliod. Then we did Aristocrats with Quamela, Cardo, and Shirei. And then... And this is where... I don't remember... Th- this is one I was particularly happy with because I took Grixis for the Aristocrats. Mm-hmm. I don't. I can't remember if that ended up being the Yargle. I feel like it did, the did. Yargle, for that episode. Because Liam and I were both concerned about like sacrificing our stuff. Yeah, yep, cause that's because that's what aristocrats means. And you're like, I'm gonna make an aristocrats deck where I sacrifice everyone else's creatures. And we're like, I'm gonna steal your stuff, Brad. You can't sacrifice another person's creatures. That's against the rules. And you're like, I'm yeah. stealing it first. We're like, all right, bet, all right, rock and roll, yeah. man. I guess yargle it have, up, baby. You got it. Yeah, yargle it up, baby. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I, I thought I thought that was fun, and I thought the idea of you know most like this one is specifically aristocrats is typically two colors. It's typically a grindier color. So I wanted to bring. Um, Grixis, obviously, Cormella, which is normally a sort of controlly aggro color, and I wanted to add a little spin on it, and I think that sort of, for me anyway, this is one of my favorite decks that I've brought to the 3x3 episodes. I think it sort of exemplifies uh, what you were saying earlier, Dave, with how you can explore these different archetypes without staying so, like, without having tunnel vision. Like, you can open it up to more colors and different types of effects, and you know, things like... uh, threatened tribal are not going to work in 60 card formats typically like but here they can actually be pretty good you know look at blood boil sorcerer so it's just those sort of things that these three by threes and four by fours it's the doors they open up for future deck building and even like Mm -hmm. current deck building in in my in my eyes yeah liam ambushing us with yargle just opened up this door to to, to like to really examine these archetypes with a very like non-rigid open-minded kind of frame and like yeah that has expanded my brain considerably so thank thank you liam thank you yargle yes thank you yargle and and what's funny is i went into that with with yargle as a joke because very like really yargle is my mono black voltron commander you know that 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 part wasn't a joke but it was mm-hmm. like like dave said you look at yargle and you're like what are you going to do with this well anything you want and i looked at a ninth <laughs> i looked at a ninth three and i was like yeah that's voltron that is smack your face voltron it is you know it's pretty straightforward mm-hmm. and yeah i i i'm glad that it has spawned this uh open openness this non-rigid lens to to really examine these because i mean as we as we've discovered that you can do a lot of these strategies kind of a little bit differently a little bit different than what people might be expecting and and that's Mm -hmm. a good tool to have in your toolbox yeah absolutely after aristocrats we had a four by four halloween episode uh that kind of focused on graveyards uh with scarecrow so the theme of this was it's got to be spooky. It's got to your, your commander has to play around with graveyards in some way. 
So I think we all did it a little, a little bit differently. Scarecrow himself had Lock Dragon. He was focused on instants and sorceries. Uh, I believe in the grave and in exile. I'm, I'm not sure what Lock Dragon reads. I had Gary. I think which... it's, I think it's just a looter, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's it is. So loot loots on ETB and, and attack or something. Right. Whenever yeah, whenever ETBs or attacks. Yep, you can loot. Right. What am I? Yeah. No, you can rummage. You, can, of, you may uh, discard a card if you do draw a card. No, oh, rummaging. The, okay. Yeah, rummaging. I'm thinking of the Drake thing from Amonkhet. Hmm. That's uh, what I was thinking of. And then I had Gary, which uh, was just looking to kill Gary and reanimate him as many times as possible. Uh, I want to say Brad had Necropantha, which is the uh, white, black, and mutate dude. What mm -hmm. was that deck about? Basically, I think it had a, uh, an aristocrat's theme. But because of Necropanther, you can every time it mutates, you can get something with mana cost three or less back to the battlefield from your graveyard. So it was all just about recursion of of cheap creatures, okay. <laughs> basically. Okay. Uh, Mo mostly that deck was about Brad being really sad that uh, we recorded this episode like a month before Hero of the Dunes came out. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that is one hundred percent facts ne right there. The Necropanther deck was was an attempt at reanimating weenies from the graveyard with with a commander that made it really kind of awkward to do so because of the mutate thing. Mm -hmm. And then like two weeks later, Wizards was like, here's Hero of the Dunes. Yep. And Brad was like, no! <laughs> Betrayal! Yeah. Screwed up everything. Next next time we do a graveyard, you can tell us about Hero of the Dunes. We're we're gonna we're gonna loop back through these. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll we'll eventually go through them. And then Dave, you had autumnal gloom, which if I remember correctly, that that's not a creature. I'm a cheating cheater. Oh yeah. my! Uh, On Halloween of all of all how, holidays, how dare you? Trick tricks and treats. Uh, <laughs> autumnal gloom is an enchantment that sometimes flips over into a four four hexproof trample tree. Sure. But mostly it's an enchantment that mills you. So I had this weird Voltron-flavored, graveyard-flavored, Halloween-flavored deck. Yeah. It was great. You got the Yargle for it. Uh, yeah, I think I I think I got the Yargle because it was illegal. Honestly, I feel like Scarecrow should have gotten the Yargle because, like, Yeah, is all it of us... is not really something you think of when you think Halloween spooky graveyard deck. Right. But, like but our... he made it work. You know, his our prowess and decks... deck building make it work. Yeah, he he made an incredible deck. Like our our three decks were all about like how do we pull things out of the graveyard and Scarecrow showed up like I'm gonna put things into the graveyard like they'll pull themselves out. Yeah, that'll, what are you talking about? That'll take care of itself later. Flashback is a thing. I just want to put it into the graveyard first. And I'm like all right. Yep. It was cool to watch that deck unfold. Live. Yeah, it really was. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then after after that we had our first uh, archetype edition, which is. A still a three by three because there's three of us talking, but not because there's three decks. And there's pillars. <laughs> yeah, and the, and, the, and there's pillars. In this series of of episodes, we decided to rather than looking at like a a hyper focused deck strategy like Voltron or Aristocrats, we decided what makes a combo deck. You know what what is a combo deck? What why? Do we have these higher level archetypes and then lower level strategies? Uh, so we kind of zoomed out for the higher level archetypes. And the first one we decided to do was combo. And for this one, we actually each did bring one deck. But after that, we decided this would go a lot better if we brought 
a bunch of decks. So for this one in particular, uh, I believe I was on Tatiova. I want to say Brad was on Composite Golem and Dave yeah. was on Is It mm-hmm. Guild Mage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and uh, what was the what was the uh, Yargle? I think it was the Composite Golem. Composite Golem was the Yargle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because because our decks were good. <laughs> yeah, right. right. I'm, like, I'm like I know I was. That is the nicest way. way you could put it. <laughs> um. But yeah, so so for for this we were just focused on you know what makes a combo deck you know what 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 do you need to you know in any color combination in any uh, you know reasonable sense what do you need to build a combo deck and so we kind of went up into space a little bit rather than you know focusing in on the the finer details and then after that serious episode it was Christmas season. And we just kind of looked at each other after having so much fun with the Halloween episode. We were like, let's let's do another holiday episode. Mm-hmm. And that brought us Bloodbraid Elf from Brad, Avalanche Caller from myself, which at the time was not super in the competitive scene. I think people were kind of messing around with it, but I did not know Yeah, that. it had just sort of hit the scene as a deck people were building around. Yeah, yeah pe- people were brewing it, but it wasn't like super in the scene. I didn't know that at all. So I just I just was looking up Christmas stuff that I thought looked really cool. And I thought Avalanche Caller was neat. And then after this episode, uh, it like really took off in the competitive realm. And I don't think it's because of this episode. I just think it was convenient timing. <laughs> yeah, it was good timing because that deck can be a house. Yeah. And then uh, Dave had Cole Gollum. And I believe in this episode, we didn't call it a Yargle deck. We called it the Krampus deck. <laughs> Good callback. Nice. A friend of mine Gollum? emailed me uh, a week ago and asked, have you actually lit any of them on fire yet? I, it's very important <laughs> to me that I know this. Tell, tell me whether or not the coal golems have been incinerated. And I, I was very sad to report that... Um, I had not actually burned any of them because uh, I was warned by a friend that they contain lots of toxic fumes when they burn. And that shouldn't be done in an enclosed space. But the Damn. next time I play Magic outside, perfect. I'm Light absolutely playing Cole Gollum. Yep. Perfect. I've seen them. You have the stack. They were all in one I have sleeve. A, it was amazing. I have a big stack. I, there, I keep a lighter in the deck box. <laughs> I am, <laughs> I'm ready to go. Light I hope, up. I hope this answers your question. <laughs> About tell me about Colgall. Just me talking about how bad I want to incinerate this card. Yep. Yeah. After Christmas, we started the new year with some spell slinging. Dave, you brought Fioja? Fioja? I don't know. We had a whole discussion about that in that pre show. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Brad had a Third Path Iconoclast, another deck that we talked about right before it popped off in the competitive mm-hmm. scene. Maybe, maybe it is us. If that happened hey, twice yeah. in a row, maybe it is us. I'll take it. Back to back. Um, right. And then I brought Hero of the Nyxborn, which forgive me that I completely forgot about this deck and anything it does. So I'm just going to pop open the deck list and look <laughs> at Hero of the De- Nyxborn. Uh, yep. Whenever you cast a spell that targets it, creatures... Okay. Okay. We got this. Yeah. So this spell slinger deck uh, was definitely a Yorgle because it's using combat. Right? It's, it's making all of its own tokens and then it's using combat to win which is mm-hmm. odd for a spellslinger deck mm-hmm. after the spellslingers we had our second archetype edition in aggro uh this is the episode where we actually we each brought a pile of decks and i think i think we each had like five or six 
Uh, but one of us talked about classic beatdown aggro, where you're just looking to apply pressure from tone one and keep it going. Another one of us talked about spellslinger aggro, where you're using spells that make tokens or spells that pump the team to really uh, get the beat down in that way. And then someone else had aggro with extra steps, and if I, I feel like that was Dave. It was Dave. I was talking about like tempo decks, like Bird Horse, right? And, like non like aggro decks that that operate on non conventional axes, like Fang, Finn the Fang Bear. Right. Yeah. Right. I remember that. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, but yeah, so that was our second archetype edition. After that, we had our, I think, second ever 4x4. Uh, and that was Enters the Battlefield with Lobot. So we yep. wanted... This was a fun one, too. We wanted to get back to the strategy ideas, like Voltron and Aristocrats. But we wanted, to, we wanted Lobot to pick, because we wanted Lobot on the show, and we wanted them to pick their own topic. And they were like, hey, you know, I really like the 3x3. Three three. Like, let's, let's do one of those. And it's like, okay, we can do that. What topic you want to do? And Lobot likes ETBs, so he's like, let's let's all bring a commander that does something when they enter the battlefield. Perfect. I believe Lobot themselves brought Flame Tongue Kavu. Dave had Marsh Crocodile. Mm -hmm. Brad had OG, which he had been uh, experimenting with a uh, a bunch on his streams. Mm -hmm. And I was the fool who asked the question: Does my commando actually have to read when it enters the battlefield? <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, because I had Ethos One Sphinx. Uh, yep. And that card does not read Enters the Battlefield, but it does read Cascade. It reads Enters the Stack. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty Which close. is close. That's close it enough reads for Enters Yargle. the Stack, something else enters the battlefield. That's yeah. close yeah. enough. Yep. But after that episode, we had a competitive Putnos 3x3. I remember this started out as just a Putnos, because uh, we all had a Putno deck that we really liked. Yeah, we were just going to do a 3x3 on just Partners. And then... Mm -hmm. I think it was Brad was like, hey, we should maybe do a 3x3 that's got a competitive focus to it. And I think the original uh, thing uh, that I replied with was like, yeah, that sounds great. That's going to be in September. And then Brad was like, no, no. Can't wait that long. Uh, competitive partners. And then we all kind of looked at each other like, okay, competitive partners is great. Do any of us actually have those decks built? So right. the answer was no. So we went digging through the tier list in the uh, competitive database to get these decks. Only one of us actually ended up playing a Putnos deck uh, or discussing a Putnos deck. I think that was Brad with Toast, right? I was I had, Toast. Yeah, Dave I had, had Toast. Okay. That leader. So, so Dave had, uh, for those who don't know who Toast is, that's Tormod and Ghost of Ramirez. Uh, mm -hmm. Colloquially? Colloquially? Known as toast. I brought the Weavers, which while they don't have Putner, they have Putner with. That would be Lay Weaver and Lore Weaver from Battle Bond. Yep. Uh, and then Brad brought Gut and Inspiring Leader, which doesn't say Putner, that's backgrounds. After we decided competitive partners, we, we kind of decided like there are three variants of this that all see competitive play. Let's kind of showcase each one so people have a, a little bit of taste of it of each. Yeah. And I think this is an episode that we could very literally just repeat competitive partners and not have any repeats. Sure. Yeah, I think Dave in, in the uh, in that channel chat for this for this competitive partners episode, I think Dave even said something like, "We're doing a partners episode. I don't care. There needs to be a background deck." Like, yes. Cool. That works. Yeah. Because yeah, it is like you were just saying, Liam. It is all sort of the same thing between partners and partners with and background. It's still two 
let's work together pieces of cardboard in the command zone. Yep. And then after that episode, just uh, was it was it last week or was it two weeks ago? Last week. Was, last week was yeah. uh last week was the mid range yeah, episode. Mid-range? Yeah. Yeah. So so last week was our third ever four by four, uh and it was an archetype edition with mid range. We brought Ryan on to talk about mid range. Uh and this was an this was another one that we uh, you know, some of us some of us had some mid range decks. Uh, I went digging through my decks and discovered I don't play mid range at all, ever, anywhere. Um, <laughs> and then we brought Ryan on because Ryan's the king of mid range, and he brought a couple decks, and we just kind of sat there and asked questions and talked about it and let mm-hmm. Ryan talk about mid range because he knows better than any of us. Yeah, like puzzle box is is to combo as Ryan is to mid range. Exactly. But yeah, that's that's everything we've done. What about some upcoming things? Just a little sneak peek because we're not stopping this series anytime soon. Uh, no, it's upcoming too much fun. In June, uh, we will have an RIW deck discussion. In July, we will have our second ever Patreon only episode. This will be July's 3x3, and it is a previously suggested topic that we will finally do. I think it was originally suggested. I want to say eight to ten months ago. And it's the, been a hot minute. Yeah. And then the person brought it up again two to three months ago, and I was like, you know what? July's open. We're doing it. <laughs> you uh, got it, buddy. And then August is going to wrap up our archetype edition with control. Uh, currently, in current Magic Design, there are four highly recognized archetype by the designers. They would be combo, aggro, midrange, and control. Mm-hmm. There's an argument for a fifth one in ramp, but the designers of the game don't recognize it as an actual archetype that they designed for. Uh, so we're going we're still, to... We'll, we'll, we're we'll st- talk about ramp decks, but... We're still going to talk about it. We're still oh, going to yes, talk about ramp decks. But they're not going to be an archetype edition. They will be mixed into other, other types. Sure. After that, uh, archetype edition wraps up. We will start another series of card type editions where we all... Uh, talk about card types like artifacts or enchantments. Uh, we'll probably get some tribal episodes in there because somehow we've done a whole year of these things and haven't talked about a single tribe. And then yeah. some other topics like blink I've been, or bone. I've been saving. I've been saving one of my tribal decks. I'm thinking as soon as as soon as someone says we need to do a three by three with elf decks, <laughs> I'm I'm waiting. I'm waiting for someone to say those words so that I can pounce on them and Booyah. shriek the response. I got dibs on the Yargle deck. I'm bringing mono black elves. You got Alrighty. it. That's amazing. And I don't know how I've been part of a podcast for 53 weeks now, and we have not done a three by three on uh, auras and enchantments. How's that? Possible? Yeah, we'll we'll fix it next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Yeah. So we got some other topics uh, that we've talked about where these are more uh, strategy based, like. Blink and burn and counters like plus one plus one and, and keywords, uh, ramp, reanimator, stompy, uh, and maybe if you ask nicely enough, we'll do RDW and Sly. <laughs> <laughs> Who's gonna bring the mono white Yargle deck to RDW? Is, is it Brownie? <laughs> is it Findhorn Brownie? That might have to be a four by four episode right there. <laughs> All right. All right, Brownie, let us know when you're free. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, but yeah, I think that wraps up our 3x3s. Three where we've been, where we're going. Yeah, I, 
it's been great and it looks even better i'm excited to do more of these dave yes did a pretty fancy uh kind of little show at the end of last year what was that all about <laughs> It was amazing. <laughs> it was one of the most fun things I've ever did. We did a Yargles episode. So we yeah, inspired by literal Yargle. Inspired by Yargle. So like this the Yargle thing really took off. Like it started with Liam ambushing us with literal Yargle in our first ever three by three about Voltron. Yeah. We're like, bring bring a Voltron deck. And he's like, here's a Yargle. <laughs> no, not like that. Uh and so we we ended up with the Yargles, and then that that turned into this thing where we 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 kept every every three by three has had a Yargle, where it's like doing the thing weird, and then that that turned into its own thing where we and I don't decided I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I don't even no, it dude. wasn't like a conscious effort from the show. Like we did the Yargle three by three, the very first three by three episode, and yeah. then the next three by three we did, we were talking about the decks, and you or Liam said, oh bleep do i have the yargle for this episode and it just took <laughs> yeah. off from there <laughs> right um, like i I, th I think the next one was go wide and i brought lee guild mage i brought that's it yep blue red tokens <laughs> like like i'm gonna use this commander to copy kranko's command and like, you're like wait yeah am i the am yargle I, this week <laughs> am i the yargle now <laughs> like and the rest we, is history we we did not intend for this to happen, but it happened, and I'm overjoyed yeah, <laughs> to be where we are. Where we are is six months post a a, a Yargle's episode. the The idea of the Yargle became so popular that we we did a whole awards show for the year of 2022, and we awarded a bunch of cards Yargles. We had Yargles. Yeah. We had a bunch of categories. It was like the Oscars, you know, best best commander, best new uh the something set, like yeah most most disappointing commander Ugh, and yeah each each one of us brought a nomination for each of these categories and we voted for them live on the show i guess it wasn't live we recorded it but uh <laughs> live in the recording we voted for these we had no idea who was going to win before we started that recording and then we we all we all brought our nominations we we pleaded our cases we voted and uh we awarded some decks, some sets, some cards. We awarded some Yargles. Yeah, and it was glorious. It was amazing. And then Scooby sent us literal Yargles. Yeah, little 3D Scooby printed Yargles. 3D printed a bunch of little Yargles and then mailed them to us because Scooby, the, the real Yargles were the Scoobies that we made along the way. <laughs> that is right. That That it's, is, that's right. It's true. Yeah, it so... It was one of the most fun things I've done all year. Uh, I'm looking forward to this uh, the, the this December's Yargle episode. We're gonna absolutely. Oh yeah, there's, there's no I, question about. We're gonna have some if, uh, if you some were banger sets to talk again. about. The answer is yes. Yes. Yep. I, I by the time December happens, I will have no memory of of what cards came out in January. So oh, yes. see, I'm so keeping gonna... track now. Oh no. <laughs> See, see, what you got to do is you got to take, you know, th there's probably going to be like a couple of topic changes. Like, you know, we'll, we'll drop one or two of the sections and add new awards, right? But really, what you got to do is you got to take all the awards we gave last year and just, you know, start with all we won. What card would go in this? And then when you get to March the Machine, it's, okay, what cards replace all will be won cards? And you get to, you know, Lord of the Rings. Okay, which card replaces these cards I've already Yes. Liam's cheating. <laughs> Liam's not cheating. Liam's being smart. 
He's being strategic. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no room for that. It's <sighs> crazy. Well, yeah, I love the Yargles. Everybody loves the Yargles. It was a fantastic time. I definitely don't we, see that going anywhere. We inspired the connoisseurs to do their own awards show. I think yeah, I think like they it, call them the Battle Ragers just because of yeah. absurd initiative is. But yep. yeah, was, yeah. As soon as we started um, promoting the idea of the Yargle show on Twitter, I think Ryan messaged me. He's like, "Hey, man, can we sort of steal your your you know, your idea, but with our own mascot and our own award and this and that?" I'm like, "Yeah, like absolutely." This isn't proprietary information here. <laughs> yeah, so that we we have the the Yargles, which is these particular three idiots' take on what happened last year, yes. and now we have the uh, the Battle Ragers. Which are uh, really well reasoned and well defended takes from uh, experienced competitive players who are yes. good at card evaluation. So uh, I feel like I feel like there's a really good compliment there. Yeah, there is very nice yeah. uh, both ends of the spectrum. Of the two, we are the Yargles. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Scooby. Scooby. When we first started talking about this sort of year in review, we were talking about the uh, our year anniversaries coming up. This and that, Scooby, have, always having such great ideas, wanted to know if we could touch on the idea or talk about some of our uh, 2023, 2024 and beyond PDH resolutions. I know we didn't go super deep into these, but uh, we all sort of had some. Liam, you want to start us off here? So these PDH resolutions was a question that got put in the question back, I want to say back in September, October. And oh, I was it that long ago? Oh, yeah. And I completely forgot about it. Not going to lie. I saw it in like March and I was like, oh, oops. Like, oh, crap. Oh. <laughs> um, so oops. so here we are. Uh, Scooby, Sorry, Scoob. Yeah, here we are, Scooby. We're at the one year anniversary. We're talking about a PDH uh, resolutions for this year, right? That'll, that'll start now and end next June. Perfect. And that is to finally shrink my magic collection. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving magic, but I'm not huge on like hoarding things. And there are certainly a lot of magic cards that I own that I haven't touched in, in years or, or, you know, months in some cases. And yeah, I just, I just want to shake my collection. So I've got, I've got a single shelf that I've told myself everything needs to fit on this shelf. And currently that is not true. I want that to be true. So yeah, hashtag not hoarding. I'm going to shrink my collection a little bit this year. Yep, yep. Your shelf is my... We have like one of those... It's a it's a hat closet in our living... Or hat. It's a coat closet in our living room, but it's like half the size because the, the ceiling of the downstairs... The, the stairs that you take to the basement, the ceiling of that like takes up the bottom half of this closet like diagonally. It's weird. Mm -hmm. So we put a platform on top of that and then... So I've got like two-thirds of a closet that is just my magic stuff. It doesn't go anywhere else. I have a few decks down here in the basement where I do my streams and, you know, whatever. I play with them when I'm editing and such. But, like, literally nothing leaves that closet. And if it ever does, that's when I need to start shrinking my collection. So I have a little more than one shelf, but I do understand the uh, needing it to, to all fit in one spot. So clearly, Dave, your resolution is to not shrink your collection. What do you got? Oh, my collection only ever grows. Right. Uh... I still have plenty of room in this closet. Don't, I'm, I'm still, I'm not shrinking. I'm just saying I have room to grow, but not a ton. I, I have, I actually have piles of room to grow. I, uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's weird. Like I did the, you know, I, I made 
I custom made boxes so they they would fit in a certain like giant shelving unit that I had. Used to live in our kitchen, but my wife got better shelves, so I mm-hmm. stole it and shoved it in the basement. And then I, I built a bunch of custom boxes for it, which fit in it perfectly and hold a lot of cards. And like, I put all my cards in it, and I discovered that th- these boxes hold a lot more cards than I have. So, uh, oh, beautiful. I, yeah, it's it's actually pretty outstanding. There's, nice. uh, I was really worried that I was going to do this thing and then like run out of room. And like, as soon as I got more cards, I was going to be like, well, where do these go? <laughs> no, I have, uh, I have plenty of room for expansion. So it's nice. It's good. Although I'll, I will say that like when I was, when I was sorting my collection, which I did like a, a year or so ago, I, I made sure I, I sorted it very thoroughly. It's all sorted by color identity and then by name, uh, like alphabetized. When I was going through that, there were certain cards I'd found like, you know, once once you put them all, like, once you get all of your healing solves together, you yep. realize that you have 40 healing solves. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, I don't need 40 healing solves. So I, I, I barely would, need I would, one. <laughs> I, I don't, honestly, I don't need one. Right. <laughs> like, so, like, a lot of these cards, I, I, I set myself, like, an upper limit. Like, uh, you know, if, if a, you know, if I, if I found 20 lightning bolts, I'm keeping all the lightning bolts. But if yeah. I found 40 healing solves, like, I'll, you know. I set myself a, a reasonable upper limit of like six or seven copies of this card, and I'll just put the others in a box that I can give away. There's one card that I just had so many of that I'm like, I'm keeping every single copy of this card just to see how many I can get up to. Mm-hmm. And that card is Stone Rain. Oh, interesting. I have like, okay. I have like 90 copies of Stone Rain because it oh. got printed in everything. Everything, like was, yeah. Like for 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 years, it was printed in, you know, Fourth edition, fifth edition, sixth edition, Tempest, Ice Age, Mercadian Masks, probably. I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. just making stuff up. Like Urza Saga. Like it just got, it showed up. It was just a staple card that got printed in everything. Yeah. And I was just buying a lot of those sets and they just accumulated. Now I have a million stone rates. And like, I'm not giving any of those away. Those are, I'm, I need to, I need to amass a, an absurd and ridiculous quantity of stone rates. Yeah. So, it was in sixth, seventh, eighth ninth <laughs> like just yep. every set <laughs> every every core set needs a stone yep. rain so keeping stone rains is not my resolution it's just a passive thing that's happening sure. my resolution is uh my 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 pdh pod flavored resolution is i really want to do more three by threes i feel like like i, I may or may not have made up this resolution while writing information about three by threes into these show notes <laughs> Might have been uh, recency bias might be recency bias, but I like I'm legitimately very excited about three by threes. I think they're incredible. I I'm really excited to do more of those, and maybe some four by fours. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and uh, those were um uh, those three by threes were a topic that it seemed like for a little while there we were doing a lot of them. Maybe we didn't. Maybe we just did like two in six weeks or something. I don't know what, but it felt like we were doing a lot, and I was worried the the listener base was going to get burned out on them. But it turns out they didn't. Like they yeah. actually enjoy them as well, which is very nice. Yeah, super, super exciting for that. Yeah. The other resolution I have is, I when 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 Brad opened up a Patreon, I I made a decision. I decided to myself that I was going to handwrite a thank you letter to each patron because like part of Patreon is like we have your addresses. Yeah. We, well, we know well, where well. all of you live. Um. <laughs> And I like I I was really enthusiastic about like because like re- 
handwriting letters to people is one of my hobbies. So I got really excited about this idea of writing a letter to everyone. And I did the first two and then my job hit me like a brick and I didn't do any more. So two of you have letters from me and the other, I don't know, what are we up to? 20, 25. How many patrons do we have? Uh, 24. I was so close. You were close. Yep. The other 20-ish of you do not yet have letters. So my resolution is I'm going to actually follow through on this promise I made to myself. If so, you, so one has a one of two and the other one has a two of two. These are yeah, I didn't, special items. I didn't number them Aww. yet. I, did, I mean, I put magic cards in <laughs> yeah. them. I just hadn't. I didn't think to put numbers on them. So uh, no spoilers, but if you get a letter from Dave in Massachusetts. Uh, Don't trash it. It's uh, it's for you. It's special. It's, it's for you. Knock knock. It's for you. P.S. Become a patron. Yeah, I'll, and you'll get. I'll letters. get you a letter eventually. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a pretty sweet deal. Yeah. What's uh? I... What's your resolution? Unless uh, I just interrupted you from saying. No, something. you did not. Um, okay. I was gonna say a handwritten letter from from the Alcadron is worth a buck a month. Yeah. But no. Um, my resolution. I think I stuck to. It, it's it's sincere but it's also sort of cliche at the same time like i just honestly if, if i'm sticking to just pdh focusing on just pdh for these res- resolution i want to keep all the momentum of last year going like not yeah not well, where are we at 98 and a half percent 98 and a half percent of this momentum is the podcast and everything we're doing here and the patrons and all this fun stuff but even before then like in my my uh my lonesome my lonesome exp- exploration into pauper commander it just grew and grew and then the podcast started and then i've met so many awesome people and we're doing all these really cool things i know you've said it before dave that like when someone uh, on reddit or discord or where have you like recognizes that you're the actual Al- alcadron from the podcast it's sort of like feels good right like it, it should feel really good, good. It, it does feel good and like that happened to me um, on this past Saturday stream. I had two people from the home base fill in or hop in real quick, sort of at the last minute, like the day before, kind of. And we were like halfway through game two or game two had just started. And um, see, I can't remember the, the screen name now, but he was like, oh, you're that Brad. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like, yeah, or he's like, what's your Twitch channel? I said, oh, it's Twitch, you know, if he's like, because I want to chat or whatever. I said, oh, it's just twitch.tv slash the PDH pod. And he like paused for a minute. And he's like, wait a second. <laughs> I could hear like the gears turning, you know. <laughs> so that was really cool. Stuff like that happens quite a bit. And it's awesome. And I want to keep that momentum going. Like, yeah, not the celebrity part of it. I don't care about that. But I just I feel like we've created something special and we've at least a little bit. We've helped the community which feels really good and we sort of have like uh, an outlet for a lot of people to turn to when they have questions or when they need hopefully entertaining content, you know, just all that good stuff, just everything. I want to keep it going. I want to keep it growing and just to have a blast with it. And I think as long as we're having fun with everything we're doing, there's no reason to, to stop. So that's my resolution. Just keep it all going. Keep the good vibes flowing. I, I support this resolution that you have made. Yeah. Now, personal resolutions, I don't really have much. I'd like to write more letters. I used to do that way back in the day. Not not as recent as you have, Dave, but uh, that always seems fun. And 
Yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, just write more in general, I think. But that's not PDH. We, uh, speaking of the community, we actually wanted to give a, a pretty good thank you to everyone out there. We didn't actually fill in the show notes with this, so I think we're just going to kind of talk about it. But, like, I don't... And this is what everybody says, every content creator, every actor that gets an award, what have you. But, like, I don't know that we would be at episode 52, secretly 53, if it wasn't for the PDH community as a whole. Like, I know... Like, I'm active on Twitter, Liam's active on Twitter... But Dave is like super active in the PDH community on Reddit and Discord. So I know he sees a lot more of it than, than I do. Like we get people that come to us on Twitter and ask questions or they interact with our posts or what have you. But, um, like the home base is always busy. Dave's always interacting with people. And I know that like you've had firsthand experience with people who are just like, the show's amazing. Like I'm so glad it's out there. And that's what I want to thank people for. Every time it hits. Like, it surprises me every time. Yeah. But it, it hits so good. Like, there's a... So good. Right in the sweet spot every time. Yeah. There's there's an organization that I'm a part of that works a lot with this idea of something called hearable praise. Mm-hmm. Where you're giving someone a compliment, but, like, you, you, you're putting in the extra effort to make sure that it actually, like, gets received as a compliment. Like, at this point in my career, when someone says, oh, you're a good teacher, I go, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like I just ignore it. Like it's it's not it's just noise. It's background noise to me. Sure. Like it's not something that like impacts my actual like self esteem on it. But like if I'm on Reddit and like you know I I post if I post the the episode to Reddit and someone's like man I love your show I'm like oh my god like I immediately <laughs> turn into like the cartoon character with like giant hearts for eyes it's like, like pumping out of his chest yeah and... <laughs> like yeah. I'm like, what? That's not real? You're you're not like my mom? What happened? Right. You didn't have to say that. Who are you? Right. <laughs> yeah, no, like every time. It uh feels feels fantastic. Yeah, and it's it's huge too. Like uh, it, it at least on my end, the community has not ever like demanded things from us or you know, like I, I don't really know what I'm trying to say, I guess. It's like it, it's a very easy community to get along with. And they seem very grateful all the time. And for that, I'm I'm actually really grateful. What do you think, Liam? Yeah, uh, I think this. I think that they have been very good to us. Yeah, and I hope that for they continue like, to be very good to us. And I don't want to say you're absolutely right. They have been very, very good to us. And I don't want to say it's for no reason, but like they didn't have to latch onto the podcast. They didn't have to like go out of their way to be on our streams or to play games with us or hook up with us on discord and that sort of thing. Exactly. And I think that part of that might be that, you know, PDH is such a small community. It's so close knit. Uh, part of it's also that, you know, we just, we aren't out there. We don't have the, the breadth of, of reach that other content creators do, uh, which I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I kind of prefer uh, but sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, uh, it's 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 been great. And I, I can't thank people enough for their support. Yeah, it, it's awesome. We're pretty much doing this for and because of everyone out there. Oh, what do you think, Dave? You want to give one more thank you and then we'll wrap it up. I want to thank all of our Patreons. Patrons? 
patrons. It's Patreon I, is the do site. Do I just say that word wrong? Like, because it's like the website is Patreon, right? Like, correct. But they're patrons. They are patrons. Yes. They're not patrons. They're correct. they're just patrons. Okay. <laughs> I we got. I've it. been doing that wrong for years. I <laughs> want to give a thank, big thank you to all of our patrons. I yep. much like being complimented by wild strangers on reddit like i i'm routinely shocked that you exist and i appreciate you deeply you're uh fantastic tremendous people and i i wish that only the very best things happen to you in your lives yeah it's so crazy that like you were just giving the example of like seeing a compliment on reddit and you're like all a flutter and everything's sort of like tingly and feels good and that's just from like some nice person that you interacted with on the internet, which is very cool. These are like people that are like, yes, I, I love you as much as that compliment, but also here's money. <laughs> right? like, that's <laughs> wild to me. I know. It's so crazy. I love it. Yeah, I do too. So huge thanks to the patrons. Uh, we got some big stuff planned. Um, yeah, yeah, what, so. what, are we, what are we doing with all this money that we get? I, I mean, I... I mean, I should say, what are, what are you doing with all this? I don't, I don't do any of the work for this. This is a conversation we've had once or twice where Brad goes like, there's some Patreon money here. Like, should I share it? And I go, none of us edit anything. Like, that is yours, dude. Uh, no, it, like, what? it's going to go towards giveaways for the patrons. Yeah, that, I guess that'll be another perk if you want to be a patron. Sign up to the Patreon. We're going to do giveaways. Um, it's going to yeah. go towards better, as they say, keep the lights on, if you will. Go, go towards better equipment, better uh, hmm. eventual software. All that mm-hmm, good stuff. Mm-hmm. It'll renew like podcasting fees, hosting fees, all that good stuff. Oh, I didn't even know those were a thing. But yeah, I, so it'll just I'm, go back into the project. Yeah. When when is our next giveaway? What what are we doing for that? I don't know. Liam and I sort of talked about it for about seven seconds the other day. <laughs> That's about how long it was discussed. <laughs> I think the question and, uh, was when was the last time we did one and we should do one soon? And then that Brad was, was it, like, yeah. I don't know. We did the um, we did a patron giveaway where we drew a name a pat- a name of a patron randomly, and Scooby won, and we gave away his choice of deck from one of the three by three episodes for that month. But I think there was only one of those, <laughs> so he got a, he got a choice of like one of three decks, and that's been it. We've talked about doing other stuff. Uh, the logistics of some other things don't quite work out. Like I would love to do. Uh, play mats, but like to get a deal, you got to order 400 of them. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do with 400 play mats. Um, deck boxes, all that sort of thing. But yeah, we're definitely in the works for some more uh, patron giveaways. It's just a matter of what those are going to be. I don't think we've really landed on anything yet. I like the idea of giving away decks. Um, it's not super logistically easy, but a lot of times you can just plug the cards in and have them shipped right to the right to the uh, person. So. Mm-hmm. But we're open for options some, there too. Some, like if if you're a some patron, some assembly of required. PDH some assembly decks. required. Yeah. Um, depending on the cost of the deck, we might send you sleeves if you want them. That sort of thing. If you're if you are a patron of like other content creators and they do stuff that you think is really cool, tell us because like I've never ran a Patreon before. I would like to yeah, hear what you know what cool patrons are doing. Here's here's the secret beyond behind all of this, like. Uh, none of us really know what's going on. We're kind of just making it up as we go. Yeah, we just sort of like hit buttons, and I cut out some audio on Thursday nights, and then here we are a year later. Yeah, if, yeah. if you want something, like, like let, let's be real. This podcast is made by fans for fans. 
Um, Perfect. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think any of us are trying to be the next Sheldon Mennery, the next Josh Lee Choir, the next professor. Right. I think we're just here to have fun and to have fun with you guys. So if there's something you want us to do, tell us. We, yeah. We have a whole out there. section of our Discord that is suggestion box. We take that very seriously. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one reason we love these three by three episodes so much is because the three of us love building decks. You know, we like getting our hands dirty, brewing decks and building new decks and all that kind of stuff. So I know that's why I love them. And that goes to just what you're saying. Like we're a fan of building decks. That's why we love the three by three episodes. We're a fan of the format. That's why we're behind these microphones. Like if you want to hear something, tell us. I want to know about it. Yep, I do too. But we've been going for a while now. I think we need to move into the outro. What do you think? Wrap up the big oh. birthday show. No, 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 no. We, we have a listener question. <gasps> Uh-oh. We got a listener question at yeah. the last minute. Yeah. Uh, Somehow. I'm not sure who asked this, but it was, okay. a, it was a floating loner in my question bank. But it's perfect mm. for this episode. Okay. Brad, Dave. Yes. How much yoggle could a yoggle yoggle if a yoggle could yoggle yoggle? 42. Okay, there you go. There's your answer. I think that feels right. I mean, Brad, it's hard to quantify uh, lowercase y, Yargle, but I think that's right. All right, Brad. Yep. On to the, outro. the math checks out. Math checks out. <laughs> what did you say, Liam? On to the outro. On to the outro that everyone should know by now. But if not, if you need more Popper Commander talk or have any questions about the format or about what we're going to do in the next year, you can always email the show at thepdhpod at gmail.com. Head on over to the PDH Homebase's website. That'll take you right to their Discord server. You can follow the show on Twitter at thepdhpod, or you can find me and Liam on there as well at Popper Command and Popper underscore B, respectively. And as always, you can find Dave as the Alcardron just about anywhere else PDH is being talked about. Uh, fellas, any final thoughts as we wrap up this birthday episode? Here's to many more. Perfect. Same thing. All right. As episode 52 of the PDH pod comes to a close, as always, we want to give a big thanks to MTG Brad for letting us use their sweet tunes. And from everyone in here to everyone out there, brew a deck. Look forward to another year, and we'll see you next week. Peace. Cheers. See you. Is Liam muted? Uh oh. Is Liam gone? Did he sneak away without us noticing? I think so. Maybe finally quit. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, I got, I made it to a year. Done. I'm out. Contract is fulfilled. Ch- Achievement unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> I brought pump the text at the party.